This is the Studio Alchemy Podcast, Episode 88, How to Transform Your Life with the Law of Attraction. Our quote of the day was said by Rhonda Byrne in The Secret. She wrote, when you want to attract something into your life, make sure your actions don't contradict your desires. Hello, everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to explore creative ways to transform our lives using visualization, manifestation, art making, and new age self-help techniques. Alchemy was this ancient study of changing materials from one thing into another, and we all do this every day. Every choice you make is transforming our world. On this podcast, we explore ways we can change both our physical and spiritual selves for the better. On this podcast, we hunt for the wise balance between accepting what is and taking empowered action. My name is Addie Hirschton. I'm an artist. I sign my paintings with the name Vita. I teach online creativity classes and have written a few books, including The Alchemy of Painting, Developing Your Style and Purpose, and my new book that was recorded for Audible, Start Selling Your Art, A Guide to Starting a Professional Art Business. When this podcast first started, it was to share just stories about artists, and it was called The Alchemy of Art Podcast. And now we are the Studio Alchemy Podcast. I've expanded our topics of discussion to include ways that everyone can harness their creativity. Uh, and I want our podcast to now have just a little bit more of a spiritual bent because I want to be able to talk about those things I've been thinking about so much. So to find out more about my projects, classes, and uh, sign up for my art newsletter, I invite you to go to my website, studioalchemy.art and announcements. I have, as always, on my Teachable site, which is an online classes site, there's a couple of free classes on there. There's one that's called How to Paint a Rose, where I walk you through step-by-step how to paint um, sharing techniques. And then another one that is called Seven Secrets to Finding Your Creative Voice. So if you want to take some of those free classes, try them out. Go to my website, studioalchemy.art, and click on the online classes, and you can try them out for free. Um, Also, I now have a new thing. (laughs) Uh, I've had requests to do private sessions with people where they want to talk to me about their artwork, their art journey, and or art business. I have taught uh, business art business classes over the years, and I've got one that's uh, on Teachable as an online class, if you're interested in that. So I'm now offering art and business coaching sessions for folks who are interested. And if you want to book a session with me, you go to the online classes Teachable site. And until April 30th, so just a short amount of time, because this is just sort of introductory rate, I'm having a 25% off offer. So that's April 30th, 2022. Uh, If you check out uh, when you purchase a coaching session, it's spring coaching sale at checkout that you use that coupon code, and then you can have 25% off if you're interested in booking a session with me to get my Uh, very gentle and kind advice to you on your own art or business journey. Okay, so now for our topic of the day. How to transform your life using the law of attraction. 
first off, I have to answer the question, well, what the heck is the law of attraction? I'm sure most of you have heard of this. Uh, let's review, if you will. Bob Proctor defines the law of attraction in the book, The Secret, as this. Everything that is coming into your life, you are attracting into your life. And it's attracted to you by virtue of the images you are holding in your mind. It's what you're thinking. Whatever is going on in your mind, you are attracting to you. In other words, if you focus on something and you think about it a lot, you will attract that to you. Those thoughts can be you know, either positive or negative, uh, but either way, you are going to attract more to your life of whatever it is you're thinking about. So if you think about food all the time, <laughs> then you're going to see food everywhere that you go, um, on every billboard, uh, and people are going to be offering you food all the time. You're noticing things that you think about. And here's an here's a example that's kind of specifically about food. If I start obsessing over the idea of learning how to make sushi, I think about it all the time. I ask friends about it. I go out to eat sushi often. I start watching YouTube videos on how to make it. I go to the store to get ingredients for it. I make it myself. I notice that on billboards, on advertisements, there's sushi everywhere. And I become an expert on the different types of sushi rolls. I have attracted sushi to my life, right? <laughs> um, and I'm taking actions to bring sushi into my life. And I wouldn't take those actions if my thoughts weren't leading me there. And if I had thought, oh, I couldn't try sushi because uh, sushi would make me sick. Um, if I had just never tried it at all and I had a limiting belief about whether I would like it, then I would block myself from attracting sushi into my life. Okay, sounds simple, but uh, it gets more complex when we think about things that are negatively impacting us because we're, we're drawing things into our life that we don't want. So here's another example. If I believed that I could never run a marathon, <laughs> I bring up this example because my daughter recently ran a marathon at age 15, and I was uh, so proud of her. Um, but if I said to myself, I could never run a marathon, my body's too weak, I'm too old, or whatever, if I believed it was not possible for me, I would never start training for it. Uh, and maybe every time I saw someone running on the street, I thought, oh, I couldn't do that. And I focused on my weakness, I would not attract the ability to run into my life. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about people who they broke their leg last week and, you know, oh, they, they really, truly can't start training for a marathon today because their leg is not healed. Not talking about that, all right? Just talking about the average person's ability to run a marathon. Most people are not stopped by outside circumstances for things like 
Should they run a marathon? Should they eat sushi? Uh, should they go for the, the job that they want to apply for? They're not stopped by outside circumstances. Most people are stopped by themselves. And they're stopped because of their own limited thinking. Another example I see all the time, <laughs> and it's, it's, it makes me really sad. People will tell me, I can't do art. I have no talent for art. You know, say I go to a, a party and somebody who's there asks me, hey, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm a professional artist. I teach art classes. 99% of the time, that person will say immediately to me, oh, I can't do that. I couldn't do that. <laughs> and it's so strange because, of course, if they wanted to, if they wanted to learn how to create art, they could sign up for classes, they can uh, go get a couple supplies, they sit down, they start doing a little bit each day, and they, yes, you're not going to make a masterpiece the first thing you make. It's going to take a long time. But this, there's this jump to, I can't do that. I'd rather people feel empowered to recognize that they have choices uh, and not, you know, if, they, if, they, if you don't want to train for a marathon or you don't want to learn how to paint or draw, that's fine. Instead of saying, I can't do it, say, I don't want to do it. You see the difference? It's so much more empowering to recognize that you have a choice and your choices have led you to where you are today. And the sooner you can take responsibility for your past choices and your past thoughts and those excuses you have been making, the sooner you can really start living the life that you want. Um, I think, I have a suspicion that we tend to jump to, I can't do that, because then it puts the power of the situation outside ourselves and we feel like, oh, we don't have responsibility for it. We, I, I can't learn art. I can't uh, ever get out of debt. I can't ever go on a vacation to Florida. Wh whatever, whatever is that dream that you, you actually want, but you're telling yourself you can't have it. <laughs> as soon as you recognize that it is your choice. You've made the choice to not focus on it, to not think about it, to not say, okay, well, if I want to go on a vacation to Florida, I need to uh, look at places to go. I need to see how much those hotels cost. I need to see how much it would cost to travel there. And I need to start saving my money. I'm going to save uh, this, you know, several hundred a month for the next six months or what, whatever it is. If you want something, you have to, rec number one, recognize that it is possible for you. Number two, start making action steps. Make a plan and then start going through the, the steps to really make it happen. So I'm going to share with you another quote. This was said by Corita Kent in a book called Learning by Heart, which is one of my favorite books of all time about creativity. She said, to dream about painting and not also to work at it doesn't ever bring about a painting. 
to dream about creating a new world that's not teetering on the edge of total destruction and not to work at it doesn't make a peaceful world. So it's important that we are creative people working daily on the greater picture, bringing to it all our skills of imagination and making. We make this larger picture with hard daily work by specific actions. All of our creative skills are needed to keep up this tremendous work and we work on it so that we and our children may have a world in which to fulfill our reason for being here, which is to create. I love that. She's saying our reason for being here is to be creative, to create, to make things happen, to live and, and not uh, be stifled. Okay, so you have a dream, you ha and it could be any dream. It can be you want to learn how to paint. It could be that you want to find a really good life partner. Any of these dreams that you might have, this first step is to attract that thing to you by thinking about it in a positive way. Mother Teresa said, I will never attend an anti-war rally. If you have a peace rally, invite me. And I think this is just a great example. It shows that Mother Teresa understood the law of attraction. She is saying that what she wants to focus on is peace, that if she focused on war, that would just bring about more strife. So to make the law of attraction work, the biggest key thing is to positively think about the things that we want. And then we start taking action. As Karita Kent is saying, we take action and it's that hard work that really makes things happen. In the movie, The South Pacific, uh, there was a character in it who was a civilian. He was a French civilian, and he's um, living in, in the South Pacific. It takes place during World War II. And the US military is there fighting the Japanese. And he's asked to help the US military, putting himself into the fight. Um, the military officer asks him to join up. And the Frenchman says, you're, you've told me all these things you're against. You're against the Japanese. I know what you're against, but what are you for? And then the military officer has no response to the question. He's just like, uh, I don't know what I'm for. And then the French civilian says, okay, well, I'm not going to help you. And I think this is another great example of how we oftentimes will, well, let me rephrase that. But probably we, yes, we all do this, but I definitely do this sometimes. I'll focus on something that is not what I want, okay? So for example, I might focus on, oh, racism has been such a problem. Uh, really, it's come to the surface more lately um, because of these different videos and horrible things that we've seen. Oh, it's awful, it's awful, it's awful. And it is, it's bad, but if, I focus on that too much, then I'm not opening myself up to letting there be peace. 
um, I had this one day a few years ago when I was, I'd seen some new newsreels, some horrible things had happened that were race-related um, violence. And then I was feeling really down about it and really bummed. And I took my daughter to go to a little, it was like a neighborhood festival where they have you know food trucks, you can eat, and there's some live music. We went there, and then I saw at that little festival no less than five different interracial couples, all who were there with their children. They were having a good time. It was a beautiful day. And I said, oh, yes, see, there, there are many instances where we are getting past this ugly stain of our history in the United States. It, there is beautiful things happening, right? And if I focus on that and celebrate that whenever I see it, or quite simply just be kind to people who I meet and see and show them the respect that they deserve, that's how I can make a difference. But if I just wallow in, oh, I'm really, ba I'm really bad and sad about it, I'm bad and sad, I'm really sad about it, then that's, that be, just being sad is not going to do any good. You, f you say, what I want, what I, I have a dream, like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. I found a quote for you from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech that I think illustrates this well. He said, let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, let us not wallow in the valley of despair. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Oh, yeah, it, I just was brought back to another line from South Pacific. Uh, South Pacific, there's a, a song, you've got to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, how are you going to make a dream come true? The law of attraction is really about imagining what you want and having the dream, letting yourself enjoy the feeling of satisfaction that you will have when your dream eventually comes true. And then letting go of the thoughts that are holding you back, the beliefs that are holding you back, that have probably been ingrained in your unconscious mind for a long time. Um, you know, last time when I talked to Teresa Vasquez, we talked about the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. And I think that we oftentimes will convince ourselves of things in the, the conscious mind because our unconscious mind has a belief and it's so deeply rooted in our thoughts and feelings that we can't even see and recognize that that belief isn't true. Here's a small example. 
I recently realized that I had a limiting belief about painting architecture, okay? I had told myself for years that I wasn't good at painting architecture, um, and if I saw a painting by somebody else where they did it really beautifully, uh, you know, say it's a city scene with a church steeple in the background, you know, I'd see that and I would become jealous. And I think that anytime you find yourself being jealous, it probably indicates that you have some sort of an insecurity and it's all centered around a limiting belief about yourself. So I would see someone's artwork where they did architectural things well and I would feel jealous and that jealousy showed me that I think when done well it can be so beautiful architectural painting it's something I value and it's something that I would like to get better at so I had a realization that I, I was I would, had been telling myself for years I couldn't do it and I said wait a minute of course I can I can I can realistically do a human face when I want to. I've worked on my skills so long, I've gotten there. Of course I could do a building. So instead of focusing on my you know, anger at somebody else who does it well, I said, you know, it's healthier for me and I'm gonna be more empowered if I f focus on the architectural painting and I take the steps to get better at it. And one of the things I did is I said, okay, I'm going to do a bunch of paintings that are of houses in my neighborhood I live in a historic district. It's called Cottage Home Neighborhood in Indianapolis, Indiana. And next month on May the 14th, we're going to have a home tour. And when people come to my studio for the home tour, I'm going to have these architectural paintings of houses uh, ready to share. And having that goal uh, has has encouraged me to uh, do a you know, a painting every couple of days of one of the houses in my neighborhood um, and to really strive to get better at it. <laughs> and yes, I have created some duds because I'm, you know, anytime you learn something new, you're going to stumble a little bit and there's going to be some bad ones. But the, I've made a couple that I'm proud of and I can, I know that I'm getting better. And most importantly, I'm letting go of that stupid limiting belief. I was telling myself I couldn't possibly do it. Yeah, I was watching a Taylor Swift documentary last week. I, my daughter is obsessed with Taylor Swift. <laughs> and uh, so we were watching it, and there's this moment when Taylor Swift is told by uh, someone on her team over the phone that she did not win an award, okay? And you could tell she's sad about it, but immediately she says, oh, I'll make the next album better. She didn't waste her time being mad at the judges, feeling sorry for herself. She was immediately ready to take the next steps so that she would be empowered by taking action. And I, I just, it, it kind of took my breath away when I saw that that was her response. I'll make the next album better. And I think that because Taylor Swift has that really positive attitude, I can do this. I'll just, if that's what I want, I want to win that award in the future. I'm going to make it happen. Um, and she'll figure out what she has to do to, to do it. I have no doubt because she's a great manifester, <laughs> right? Um <clears throat> 
let's go back to, I have, a, I have a wonderful little story about someone who unfortunately was not manifesting what they claimed that they wanted. And it has to do with symbols. You know, I've, I love symbols. I'm writing a book on symbols and how we can have objects in our house that are actually showing us a little bit about our limiting beliefs and they're showing us what we really value. Uh, okay, so years ago I had a boyfriend and he lived in a house by himself and he claimed that he desperately wanted me to live with him. He loved me, he wanted me to live with him, be his life partner. But he did not make his little home welcoming to me. In the closets, there was absolutely no room for my clothes. There was no room for um, me to even bring a dresser into his bedroom. There were things all over the floors. Uh, the countertops in the kitchen were completely filled. And I, I've never seen anything like this before. They were filled to the edges. He didn't have anything on top of the stove, but every last inch of the countertop was full. If I had wanted to go into the kitchen and just chop vegetables and cook myself dinner, I couldn't have done it because there was no space. There, there was ultimately just no room for me, so I had to say no to his invitation. The objects that are around us, they can become symbolic projections of what we really want on an unconscious level. I suspect that my boyfriend didn't really want to live in partner. He thought he did. His conscious mind thought he wanted a life partner to live with him. But unconsciously, he was sabotaging that dream. Maybe he didn't really think I ever would or anybody ever would want to live with him. So he's not actually making room for it. I, I think he wasn't fully aware that he was making the space unwelcoming for me. And then, you know, I guess it was like 10 years ago, I read the book, The Secret. And when I read it, there's a passage in The Secret where it's suggested that in order to manifest a relationship, you need to make space for the partner. Um, and it, there's a story about a woman who she realized that she had a two-car garage and every time she came into the garage, she would park in the middle. And then she said, oh no, if I want to have another partner, I need to move my car over so that every time I come in, I am parking in the spot that's for me and then I'm leaving the spot that's for my boyfriend open. And when I read this passage, I was instantly reminded of the former boyfriend that I had that didn't leave any countertop space or any closet space for me. And the problems of that relationship were suddenly made clear. And I think I understand more of the unconscious motivations that he unfortunately had. We started today with a quote by Rhonda Byrne. She said, when you want to attract something into your life, make sure your actions don't contradict your desires. And I think that my boyfriend's, his actions were contradicting his desires and making it so that what he claimed he wanted is never going to happen with me or anybody else because he hadn't made his space welcoming. Questions to ask yourself. 
like my story that I'd been telling myself I can't possibly paint architectural paintings, what stories have you been telling yourself about your abilities that aren't true? And to, to find the answer to that question, you might have to watch yourself for a couple of days. Uh, you, every time you tell yourself, I can't do something, I can't stop smoking, I can't lose weight, I can't go back to school, I can't, 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 can't. Anytime you're telling yourself you can't, notice that. That's probably where there's a limiting belief. And even if you decide you don't want to do something, I think that's great. Just rephrase that thought in your mind next time you think it. Next time you think, I can't stop smoking, instead say, I don't want to stop smoking. Or, I can't go back to school, rephrase it to, I don't want to go back to school. And then start imagining what it is you do want. And I'm get, I, I think that if there's something in your life that you are repeating over and over again that you can't do, you probably actually do want to do it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was telling myself often I can't do architectural paintings because I did actually want to do them and I was focused on it. And then I started reimagining, okay, yes, I'm going to imagine myself doing that and learning how to get good at it. If you are telling yourself 10 times a day, I can't lose weight, that's a clue that actually you probably do want to lose weight and you need to recognize that it is something you can do. So first ask yourself, do you need to rephrase it to, I don't want to, I don't want to lose weight, or do you want to rephrase it to, I can lose weight, and here's the steps I'm going to take. Direct your thoughts to whatever is going to make you happy. <laughs> Start focusing on that and being thankful for everything that is working. I read a quote by Joan Didion the other day. She said, I don't know what I think until I write about it. And I want to thank all of you who are my podcast listeners here because creating the podcast helps me to articulate what I think and feel and believe and how I want to take action in the future. And you're writing about what the topic is of the day and articulating it really helps me. So thank you for uh, being on the other side of it. I hope it helps you. The podcast helps you as much as it helps me. All right. This concludes the Studio Alchemy podcast. May these thoughts and stories comfort and heal your spirit. May you be filled with inspiration May you be like the lotus flower and build your home in the muddy water. May you find your voice.